This is the Breaking Labels Podcast, and I'm Rosanna Gill. Each episode, we'll discuss labels that have confined the stories of my guests at one point or another and their journeys to thrive beyond them. Some labels are external, and others we put on ourselves as limiting beliefs. But regardless of where the label comes from, we're here to break it because we were meant for so much more. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Breaking Labels podcast. I am your host, Rosanna Gill, and I am so appreciative and happy you're here. You are in for a treat as this week's conversation is with the amazing, wonderful Rashonda Pratt, a.k.a. The Rosho Live. And you know, I, you know how I know an episode is awesome and has so much value to give people? It's when I'm trying to figure out which quotes to use for the posts that I create for social media or what clips I want to, to edit down to to post. There were too many. Like, honestly, I could chunk up this entire episode into two to five minute bits and you would just have gym after gym after gym. But I'm going to narrow it down as best I can. And in the meantime, you, my friend, get to hear an awesome, awesome episode and conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, please, by all means, write a review. I would really appreciate it. If you don't want to write a review, then maybe just share the episode with somebody you think would also enjoy it. And here's the beautiful thing about this. It's anybody who needs to be inspired to break their own labels and show up for themselves. And who do we not know? like that in our lives. Sometimes it's us, sometimes it's our best friends, it's our mothers, our sisters, our aunties, all the people. So share this far and wide with anyone you think could use just an ounce or a dose of the Rosho Live in their life, because I promise you, you're going to know a few. Now, before I get into the episode and before I share this amazing conversation with you, I did want to let you know who our partner for this week is, and it is True Supplements, spelled T-R-U. It is a line of vegan supplements. And I first, I honestly don't remember how I stumbled upon them, but probably in my ever ongoing search for vegan protein that actually tastes good. And you would think as many bad ones as I've tasted that at some point I would give up, but there were enough that were mediocre that the search continued. And then I found True Supplements. And I found their peanut butter banana cupcake. Oh my God, it's so good. And their banana maple nut muffin. Oh, delicious, delicious. So good. They have a whole line of other supplements, but I'm gonna go hard for what I use on the regular, which is the vegan protein. And I mean, not to say that you should be low carb or high carb, but I do like that actually, if you look at the macros compared to most whey proteins, it is very low carb. Now, again, I'm, I'm not trying to push low carb, high carb, anything on you. You eat the way you want to, but I liked that. Now I'm with them because I love the protein flavors themselves. They're just really good flavors. And I say this every single time, I share them as a partner and I'm gonna always say it every single time. The only flavor that I have not liked has been the vanilla. And I tell you that because I don't want you to order vanilla and then be like, Rosanna, you said this vegan protein was the bomb and the vanilla is not. And I would have to be like, you're right, my friend. I agree with you. The vanilla is not by my standards. You might try the vanilla and you love it. And that's fabulous. I, on the other hand, did not. So I'm not going to tell you to try something I don't love, but I can stand by that peanut butter cupcake. I can stand by that banana maple muffin. So. (laughs) With that, there is a code in the show notes where you can get 5% off, or excuse me, there's a link in the show notes. And if you use the code breaking labels, you get 5% off your order. And that's whether you get the vegan protein or any of their other supplements, 5% off using breaking labels and using the link below in the show notes. And with that, let's get into this awesome conversation with Rashonda. Okay, so I am so excited to have Rashonda Pratt here today of The Rose Show Live, um, which, by the way, uh, I want to come up with a really cool name like that. Like, how often do people do people say that? Like, I just want a really cool, like, instead, like, the way Beyonce has Sasha Fierce, which I'm sure you've heard yes. that a thousand times, you have The Rose Show Live. 
It's so funny because it's a nickname that has followed me at every television station I've worked for. People didn't know it until I got there. And they were like, you know what? We're going to call you the Rose Show and or the show. And I said, because get it, you're doing, you're going to go do your show. And I said, yeah, I get it. And so we just decided <laughs> to finally like trademark it because it's a thing. And it's so funny. I meet people out in public and they call me the Rose Show Live and they don't even know sometimes what my real name is. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I have to say, though, I mean, if there's a name that you can go by and that people know you by instead of your your official name, yeah. the Rose Show Live is pretty it's pretty badass. Like yeah. <laughs> my nickname in high school was Lil Gil because my dad taught at the school that I went to. So like most wow. people didn't know my first name. It was just Lil Gil. I would Lil much Gil. prefer the Rosanna Live <laughs> to Lil Gil. I say do it, you know, and I think <laughs> you can make it a thing. And after a while, people are going to get on the bandwagon and they're going to start calling you that. Make it a I thing. Hope. I hope I'm going to start. I'm going to start the campaign now. I'm going to start campaigning in all of my, all of my ways, all my platforms. <laughs> Sounds great. I love it. But I, so I'm so excited to have you on because I, um, as I alluded to before we start recording, I heard you on live out loud, which is also a wonderful podcast. And you were sharing your story of kind of well, it was about the burglary and mm -hmm. the moment where you realized you were made for more and that you needed to go for more. And yeah. I have always been intrigued by those stories for people because I feel like m the vast majority of people go through life just, you know, like it is, it's good. It's good mm -hmm. enough. Right. So I've always been very curious about the things that propel people from feeling like it's good enough to that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. And it's mm -hmm. not good enough just to be okay. Yeah. So do you mind sharing like one, the experience, but what was it out of that that made that click? Yeah. So it was, um, I think now six or seven years ago, um, it was the Monday after Father's Day. My husband and I were living in a rural part of South Carolina. Uh, we were a part of a startup, or well, still are, part of a startup ministry. And uh, we had our three young children at home. And my husband was running late for work that day. I was trying to push him out the house. <laughs> he actually worked about 45 minutes to an hour away. And I was trying to push him out the house because I realized, um, and any mom who's listening would understand this, it is the summer and my kids are still asleep. This is a miracle because you can't get them up any other time during, you know, the regular school year. But <laughs> these kids are sleeping and I will get a chance to really, I was looking forward to having some personal prayer time. So I was pushing my husband out the door. And as he was getting dressed, um, I think he was in the bathroom shaving. We heard a big boom and we both, now you could tell we have multiple children because we did not readily run down the hallway. The children decided <laughs> the night before that they were going to have a sleepover in um, the one kid's room. And we were thinking like one of the kids fell out the bed. Now, when you have one child and it's your new kid, you're just like, oh, my gosh. But when you have three kids, you're just like, oh, they'll figure it out. They're simply up <laughs> or something like that. Right. And we heard this loud boom. And I remember thinking to myself, which is so weird when I look back at this moment, which which I call my burning bush experience, my defining moment, my breaking moment. Mm. I remember sitting here thinking to myself, I hope no one just came into our home. It's really weird. Like, I don't, it's really weird. You and had that thought? I had that thought. Like, it just kind of went through my mind really briefly. Seriously, really briefly. And again, I'm just laying in the bed, still in my pajamas. And no kid is come down the hallway. So my husband's finishing what he's doing. And I'm like, dude, get out of here so I can get some time alone and go in prayer and start my day and that kind of thing. And he goes down the hallway. And I later find out that this guy had kicked in our back door, one of the strongest and most fortified doors in our house, by the way, because our house was a ranch style, 3,200, 3,500 square feet. So we had three entrances to our home and that door was the most strongest door in our home. And that's the one he kicked in. And that's the one he kicked in. And, and here's the thing about this. 
I believe that there's so much symbolism and there's so much thoughts and there's so much things I've even learned in this home evasion story. I, I and so many things that I could think about that I'm just like, wow, like, but that's for a whole other podcast and a whole other time. But <laughs> so he kicks in this door. And what I later learned is that my husband encountered him in the hallway and he pointed a gun at him and told him not to move. But my husband didn't listen. He came in our bedroom and my husband's a very mild mannered, laid back guy. He has to be to be married to me. You know, we often <laughs> joke. We've read the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, right? So good. Such a good book. And um, those who have read the book will understand this. I am the babbling brook. He is the Dead Sea. <laughs> so that tells you our personality. And he came in and he slammed the door. But I remember, and I will never forget the look in his eyes. Wasn't in his body, wasn't even in his tone, but was the look of his eyes that something was not right. And he told me, get down on the floor. And in true woman fashion, <laughs> I was asking multiple questions. <laughs> What's going on? What are you talking about? And he's like, get down on the floor now. And I remember thinking like, why? Like, I kept saying. And all of a sudden, my husband leaps. I don't even think he walks over towards the bed because my our bed was very far from where our bedroom door was. But he walked over there, or leaped rather, and snatched me out of the bed and threw me down on the floor and was actually trying to push me under the bed. Oh. And I remember thinking, still trying to figure out, still asking questions, and he's telling me, be quiet. And at this point in time, this, this guy comes in our room and my husband's covering me and he comes in and I'll never forget. He said, you know, give me the cash and give me the jewelry. And I remember thinking, wait, what's happening? And at this point, I'm a, he's standing in front of me, my husband. I'm trying to get my thoughts together. And in that moment, friend, here's what happened. I said to my husband, I said, what is going on? He just looked at me very calmly. He said, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. And I said, and in my mind, I remembered as a journalist covering home invasions and it clicked for me. And I was like, we are in the middle of a home invasion. And in that moment, all the things that led to that. And then, of course, it becomes real because you see a gun pointed at your head. You see a person dressed in all black gloves, the whole nine things you see in the movies. This is what's happening in front of me. And in this time of just dealing with all of these things, I'm thinking about my babies who were down the hallway and specifically my son who would wake up in the morning and the first thing he would do is come down the hallway in his room. and this guy is asking us some questions and um, you know, I'm trying to hold it together. My husband is being very calm. He's talking to the guy, <clears throat> giving him what he needs and what he wants and then he turns to me and says, you know, give me your wallet. Where's your money? And my husband says, you know, she doesn't have any money. <laughs> because at this time, this is, I had left television news. Um, I worked on oh. TV for 20 years. So during this time, I had left TV the first time to okay. start family, um, grow a ministry, those kinds of things. And I remember sitting here thinking, I don't have any money. I was telling him because I'm a mom. And then it really clicked. My babies are down the hallway and I'm just screaming and crying because I'm like, I don't want my kids to come down here because I don't know what this guy's going to do and start shooting. So he, he leaves, takes our cell phones, actually leaves them on the countertop and walks out the back door into the, into the woods. And I later found out that our middle daughter saw him walk past the bedroom. And she said something told her, and I believe it was God that told her, don't move, pretend you are sleeping. And when I talked to my son a little bit later about what happened, he said, well, I saw, he called her Yaya, I saw Yaya not moving. And so I pretended I was sleeping too. Oh, and chills. And I just think, wow, because these kids were young. They, they, I mean, no one's, none of us have ever been in this kind of experience, but for them not to make a sound, not to cry, but just lay. And they said they just laid very still and everybody heard what was going on, but they just pretended they were sleeping. And in that moment, the minutes 
after that, the hours after that, police are coming on scene. We lived in a very small community. So everybody, it went through town. Everybody found mm-hmm. out what happened at the Pratt's house and, and that kind of thing. And in that moment, I started to ask some serious life questions about myself. And this is the question I asked myself. If this was it and he killed us, what would be said specifically about my life? What legacy did I leave? What impact did I have? What, what was I really doing with my life? And up until that point, I can tell you, I wasn't doing anything significant. I wasn't doing anything that was breaking labels. I was treating my business like a hobby. I was barely showing up for myself. I was consumed and overwhelmed by being a mom, being in ministry, all of these things. I had not even fully discovered, I believe, who I was or the full potential of who I was. Can I? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I, I have a counter thought to that because yeah. if we're going off of labels, right? Yes. The vast majority would look at those labels and think hey, you were TV journalist or a news journalist for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You have a ministry. You're a mother. Yeah. What more is there to want? Right. That's really a good question. I think for me, I wanted significance. Mm, and I didn't okay. want significance based upon those things. Because think about it. How many of us work in a profession and you're just showing up and you're just working because this is what you're supposed to do, right? Yes. But I wanted to be able to define those roles and positions. I didn't want those positions to define me, if that makes sense. Yes. And yes. I felt like all of those things were really just defining and I was not defining those things. I was not taking ownership of those things. And I realized in that moment that I would no longer live a life that was insignificant. I was not going to do that. And I have to go on this journey of finding my voice. And that's what really helped to birth and spark this movement of visibility is power. Really start to define my voice and decide that I no longer was going to remain silent. And I was going to live authentically me. Loud, <laughs> big personality, big earrings, big frames. Like I was not going to try to fit in the box anymore. The yes. box is being broken. It's going to be crashed. I decided that if this is how I've been made, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, that I'm going to be fearfully and wonderfully me. Mm-hmm. That's it. And up until that point, I wasn't. And really... You know, those who are listening to this, I want you to hear this. That home invasion actually was a gift. Mm. It was a gift to me. Mm -hmm. It was a gift because it sparked something on the inside that I said, wait a second. I can't continue life like this because I almost lost it. Life becomes real when you have a gun pointed at your head. I can't continue life like I'm doing it because I almost lost this gift. So if life is a gift then every day I have to be present. Mm. If life is a gift, every day I have to be present in the present. That I feel like we could stop right there. We're not. But <laughs> <laughs> like that right there. Oh, but I also, so going to like what you said about owning yes. those labels, owning being a mother, owning, you know, mm. being a business. How do you go from... The label owning you. Yes. You owning it. Mm, That's such a good question. And here's the answer that I have found that works for me. Okay. Be okay with defining it for yourself. Mm. I I realized that I was trying to be all the other things the moms were other doing. Like I should join the PTA. I should bake the cookies. And though I like baking cookies, I also wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I also was a, at the time, um, you know, I finally went back to TV again. I was a dualpreneur. So I was working in television and growing my business, my brand. And I had to be okay with motherhood looks different for me. Mm. And I had to be okay with being my own blueprint. Yes. Let me say that again. Being my own blueprint. And For me, my faith helps to define what that blueprint is. Mm. But I had to be okay with saying that, okay, this is not going to look like every other typical family, right? Because of the 
the responsibilities that my husband and I are called to, my individual responsibilities, it's not going to look like everybody else. And so I have to be okay with taking off and trying to pursue something that doesn't fit. That's the thing with labels. And that's why I love the name of this podcast, you know, Breaking Labels, because Mm -hmm. we put on these labels on ourselves that don't even fit. Yes. It's like it doesn't even fit. Like this does mm-hmm. not fit my family lifestyle. I am not the mom that's going to be cooking dinner every night. It's just, I tried it. Mm-hmm. That was when we had one kid when we first got married. It doesn't work anymore. So now it's my husband and I cook together. We oh manage the responsibility of that. But we both had to even come to grips with defining what we wanted it to be in our marriage, what works for us, because we were trying to fit everybody else's narrative and it was frustrating the grace. It was frustrating us. And so Mm. I learned that I get to define what I want this to be. And that's powerful. Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) Well, because I'm thinking of all different things that through life that I've been very like reticent to want to do because I had an image of what you had to be. So for one motherhood, I went Mm. through a period where I was like gung ho. I'm going to be a mom. I'm going to be a mom. Um, then the pandemic hit and I saw what my roommate was going through, uh, homeschooling her daughter by herself. And I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't think that motherhood is, like mm-hmm. all it's cracked up to be like, this looks like yeah. a very, very difficult. And it was just, it kind of put this new perspective on it for me. Mm-hmm. But in you saying that, I also know that there was a large part of me assuming that I would have to be a mother just like she is in order to be a successful mother, because I, yeah. I consider her an amazing mom, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that me being a mother has to look the way it does for her. That's exactly right. I can look at that and say, there are certain parts of that I like. But Mm -hmm. I think so many times when we look at things, we try to totally emulate it all together. And that may not be humanly possible because you don't know that person's makeup, their personality, you know, what's going on in their family. So being very um, aware of what, how would this work for me? So it's not the pressure. You know, I think sometimes um, I often joke about the, you know, the Proverbs 31 woman, you read it and it's like, she's doing all the things, right? She's sewing, she's. She has property. Her husband, remember my personal time of study, I realized that's who she was over the course of her life. That's not who she was in one day. Ooh, that's not who she was in one day, my friend. That's who she was in the course of her life. And as women, especially, we want to be all the things in one day instead of over the course of our life. Absolutely. One day versus the course of your life. There's a total difference. I mean, how often do you see that, especially now with social media? And I think, I mean, we always had some version of that, whether it was social media or something like just watching a sitcom and thinking you had to be June Cleaver. Um, But now you see June Cleaver in your Insta and June Cleaver has phenomenal skin and, (laughs) you know, a perfectly nice house that's never cluttered, never messy. And she makes homemade brownies for every PTA. And it's just like, you know what? I'm tired. And I don't, I'm, I don't yeah. even do a tenth of that. Yeah. And I think the thing that I tell people, and I try to live by this, is this thought of do not judge your unfiltered life by someone else's filter. Yes. It's so easy to put a filter on a thing. It's so easy to show the the good things but let me show you what's really happening behind the scenes. And that's why I endeavor to try to be transparent as much as possible on social media about what's happening to give people the real of what's happening, but also give them permission to stand in their realness as well. Hmm. What does, so can we transition to talking about like your company and what you do? Because that's, I mean, that's essentially what you do. You help people tell their stories, learn how to come out into what their real is, but that's it. What is that process like? Yeah. Because what if not, what if they don't want to, no offense, but what if they don't want to have a, a, like a a broadcast company, Rosho live? Like what if it doesn't look like that for them? Yeah. I think one of the things, what it looks like is that, you need to be seen and heard. And there's a special group of people who understand that me playing small, 
me being the best kept secret is the best kept lie. And I really need to stand fully in this, in my purpose and in my dreams. And so I work with those people who say, show me the way, show me how to embrace my visibility. I want to be seen. I want to be heard. And ultimately Mm -hmm. I want to be paid. But Mm -hmm. the first thing about visibility, it starts on the inside here. Visibility is an inside job. It is. It starts on the inside. And so mm-hmm. I have to deal with the fact of before you can ever see me, I have to see myself. That's the journey and pathway I went through to be the person I am sitting here on this podcast with you. I went through those steps of, you know what? I've been playing the hidden figure. I've been playing small and it's time for me to be seen by me first before anybody else can see me. You know, I always laugh when people call me the Rose Show Live. We were talking about that earlier. And um, how people say, um, I don't even know your name. I just know you as the Rose Show Live. I said, well, the branding's working. That's great. (laughs) But I joke about that. I laugh on the inside, rather, because I remember when the only person who knew me as the Rose Show Live was me. Mm. I remember practicing in my mirror, introducing myself, to me, how would you say that on live video? How would you talk to yourself? I remember introducing, I remember meeting me. And because I know me and because I continue to meet me every day, because this is a journey, right? Then it's easy for me to show up here. Mm. Because of what I did that you did not see. Invisibility can be a gift. It really can. It can be a gift because it helps you to prepare. It helps you to get solidified on your message, but also invisibility gives you a time to craft and get comfortable before you ever show up. Mm -hmm. People love to talk about what happens here, but it's what happens before you get here. That's the real gift. This part of showing up is easy, but what did you have to do to prepare for this? Right? Mm -hmm. That's the part. That's the real gift. The process. Nobody likes that. No, no, because that's that's uncomfortable. It is. It is. And visibility is a process. And visibility involves vulnerability. And that's uncomfortable for people. Mm -hmm. Because, again, you have to be vulnerable with yourself and then vulnerable with others. It's very uncomfortable. So I just had an aha moment. Oh, I love it. Because... So I worked for 12 years in outside sales and anybody who listens to this podcast be like, do you have to talk about that all the time? But I did. And <laughs> it's it was a podcast. You could talk about it any, how much you want to. Thank you. But it had such a tremendous imp- like effect on why I have a podcast now, because I um, had the hardest time with outside sales. It was the re- fear of rejection. Show, yeah. Like, how do I do this in a way that feels authentic and doesn't feel salesy? It was very wow. difficult. And there were so many like listening to books on, well, not, I, I didn't, I had a very old car, so they were books on tape. Um, and, and just over and over and trying to figure out how do I make my presentations feel like me? How do I make myself come out in this? Not in a way to overpower the, the, the service that I'm talking about, but so that it just, like, cause you, I w- it was for an insurance company. Like I, people's eyes would glaze over immediately. And it was yeah. like, how do I engage? But all those years of having to figure that out mm-hmm. made and ha- learning how to ask questions and just be more and more curious and leaning into that yes. is what's allowed me to ask questions so easily on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen time and time again, like, People, and, and it's funny because I was talking to a friend. She was like, I love the questions you ask because that's those are the questions I would want to ask. I'm like, yeah, because I've been practicing. I've gotten more and more confident yeah. in asking the question I genuinely want to know and not the one that I think they want to answer. Mm-hmm. You, you, know, you stay curious. Staying curious is also a gift. And I, I love that you talked about taking the skills of what you learned in sales and bringing it over here to the podcast. And it goes back to proof of what I tell people all the time. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted in life. I mean, I think about whether it's good experiences or bad experiences. It's not wasted. It's how you apply that that makes all the difference in the world. Now, I'm curious. Why did you decide to start your company? Why and for who? You know, that's a good question. And And here's the answer. 
I started it for Rashonda. All the Rashondas of the world who didn't have a visibility coach, who didn't have anyone to tell them. I mean, when I wrote my book, Visibility is Power, when I wrote this book, I wrote this book to really journal my experience. And for someone to open this up and say, okay, this is the best practices of the blueprint. This is how it, oh, this is the inspiration. Um, one of my favorite um, recommendations right now on um, Amazon, someone wrote, they said, this is a, uh, a personal retreat. She said mm. that, she said, I spent the weekend reading this and I felt like I was on a personal retreat. And so I started my company and I started this whole message really for people who are like me at the beginning stages or the middle stages and just need someone to be there to say, no, your voice matters. We need you. You're significant. You're the solution. You're the one we've been waiting for. That's why I started it. Oh, that's powerful. What are what are some of your favorite stories of people that you've coached and helped become more visible, like the before oh, and after? So there's so many, so many great stories. So I think about um, one time we were doing a, a strategy, a virtual strategy session with a woman and she just started to cry and weep during the session, which happens. I don't try to make people cry. Right. I know <laughs> I want to be Oprah, but I'm not trying to make people cry every time during the session. But it happens because people get introduced to themselves for the first time. And she told me, she said, I feel like I just met myself. Oh. And she's like, and I'm an adult, but I feel like you just gave me permission to meet myself for the very first time. And she's like, this is overwhelming, but yet so freeing. And I think about the woman I met at a conference who bought my first book, which is CEO of Live Video. Um, it's a step-by-step on how to connect and convert your live audience. Um, mm -hmm. Some have called it a textbook on how to do live video. And this woman bought this book at a conference and she was sharing her testimony on the stage of how she spent all night reading my book. And she said, I'm not going to do live video. And I was like, well, this is not going well because the book is about doing live video. So this is not a good testimonial. But this is what she said. Um, and she also called my book a pamphlet, which was also very hilarious as well. Because I said, okay, this is two for two. This is not a good testimonial. And yes, it's 60 pages because, because people are not reading books anymore. But I digress. But this is where the powerful part came from. She said, but this book is so powerful because it has convicted me to live my life and to show up. And I said, wow, a book about live video, she said, convicted her to show up and live her life. And then at this conference, she proceeded to buy all 50 or 60 books that I had and started giving it out to everybody in the room and then took the rest home with her. And just by the way, she would not pay wholesale. She wanted to pay the actual retail price for each book. Yeah. You, you know what that reminds me of? And and I know that you're an Oprah fan, so you'll know this. When yes. she gave out copies of The Color Purple. Yeah. To anybody you could find on the street. Mm -hmm. Because that's when you go from believer to advocate, right? Yeah. I love that. Believer to advocate. Ooh, that's so good. That blessed me. I'm like over here taking notes doing my own podcast. Is this supposed to happen? <laughs> wow. I, that's just amazing. Mm. Oh, that's so good. Th like I'm literally taking notes, everyone. This was so good. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> that that's makes my good. day. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to call work. You know what? Shonda took a note during our podcast. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> made. That was really good because she did. She essentially became an advocate and because she believed in the message. Yes. And that's the thing that I also love to see when people believe in the message. When I see people wearing visibility is power shirts, they're tagging me in posts. They you're tagging me in the hashtag. When I see people really tapping into the gift of their own visibility, um, it's it's powerful. 
and it's my gift to the world, really. It's my message, but it's my gift that I get to leave on this earth. That's significant. Yes. See, I didn't have anything to leave before, but now I'm tapping into this. And now, I mean, I'm not ready to go. I mean, I'm staying here at least till 98. So I can wear my heels. So I'm still going to be wearing heels at 98. I'm still going to be, you know, a girly girl at 98. Still going to be here. But now I have more gems to leave in the earth. Mm -hmm. Not just my children, but generational legacy and also what I'm leaving for them as well. Well, and the beauty of it is, I mean, the one that one woman who, okay, she's not going to go live, but now she's showing up in her life. Yeah. Then how many people is she going to impact by showing up? You That's know, whether funny. it's her son or daughter or any children or nieces or nephews who are watching because they're always watching. That's it. Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. Oh, but now, okay. So it begs the question, why go live? Why live? Yeah. I like it because it's authentic and real. It's mm-hmm. it's happening in real time. And as mm-hmm. a person who's been fascinated with the television industry since the fourth grade, mm-hmm. that's another reason why I love it as well. But it's it's real. It's happening in real time. Um, people love it because they get a chance to engage with you. And mm-hmm. really, in this day and age, you get an opportunity to create your own media and manage your narrative with mm-hmm. live video. So why wouldn't you want to do it? That's mm-hmm. the question. Why wouldn't you want to do it? Because it gives you an opportunity. Instead of waiting on your local station to call you, you can create your own media and be mm-hmm. great at doing it. And um, that's why I love video. Love mm-hmm. video. Now, what is, oh, I don't know if you'll share this, but <laughs> what is the ultimate, like when you look at the Rosho Live, right? And, mm-hmm. and all that you've built. What is the next few years? What is the, this, let's just start with short-term vision. What do you want? The goal is always to have my own studio, Um, own podcast studio, own studio where people could come in and get live hands-on training and we could help them produce content. I mean, the long-term goal is I want to go back into producing. So I'm seriously always watching people. See, people think I watch See, I'm about to break some news on breaking labels. Yay! <laughs> People love- think I watch their live video to come in there and critique it. I really don't. I watch live video to see who's the next talent. Mm. And if I can produce something with them, there it is. So I'm looking for talent. I'm looking for shows. I'm looking for, okay, can we put together a treatment? What would this look like if we produce this content for them? I'm looking for talent. So I'm not watching your video to to say, oh, you know, she got bad lighting. No, I'm watching to see if, as people tell me, I'm just going to, I'm going to mirror back what I'm told that people, when they watch me on camera, I'm looking for the magic. Mm. I'm looking to see how much the camera falls in love with you and how much you love it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking for. So I want to get into producing. I want to um, discover talent and help people launch their shows. And th- that's what I'm looking for. That's what's next. I mean, I love the Rose Show Live and all those things. And I do want my own show like mm-hmm. on TV. But I also want to executive produce. I want to do all the things. I want to have my hands in all of that. Yeah, I just feel sure. like if there's anyone who could and would, it is you. <laughs> Thank you for the support. I appreciate that. I'm going to hold you to that, that you said that. Okay. Hold me. Well, that sounds weird. But yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding you. <laughs> so I'm curious. What is the, the average person? I don't know. I don't want to say average, but um, your clients. Mm-hmm. what are they trying to go live for? Is it for coaching businesses? Is it for product-based businesses? What sure. is it that they're coming to you to go live for? It's a little bit, it's a little bit of both, honestly. Oh. Um, we have some clients who have products that they want to get in front of people. We have clients who um, are experts and thought leaders in their own right and industry. And so they want to further amplify their message. They want to become clear on how they present that message. So it's a little bit of both, 
in order for them to step into it. We know that um, 80% of people watch live video or rather watch live video. The other 20% are reading blogs. So we know that live video is the foundation to everything else. And so these people want to be able to get their message out there, but they also understand that I want to control my narrative. I teach clients that your social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, um, Snapchat, you have your own media warehouse. So just like CBS has their own headquarters, your Facebook page is your version of CBS headquarters. Mm-hmm. And every day you're producing content, what you share, what you post, you're a producer of content. And so if you managed your social media like a channel and not just a place as a dumping ground, you would see it produced differently for you. Oh, that makes sense. Manage it like a channel, right? So when people turn on my Instagram, Nine times out of 10, you're not going to see the same content when you turn on my Facebook channel. Mm. Think about it. Mm -hmm. YouTube channel. They're already training us. You know, your audience, they're already training us by the verbiage that they use for you to treat this like media. So this podcast is your own NPR. Mm -hmm. And what if you really started treating it like that? it would produce differently for you. And I'm not saying that it's not producing for you. I'm just using you as an example to say that whatever you're doing on social, social media is not even about social media. It's not even about social. It dropped the social. It's about media. Mm-hmm. It's about amplifying a message. And if you treat it differently, especially for those who are in the nonprofit world, if you are in um, business, a thought leader, it will produce differently for you. I love that you brought in nonprofit because mm-hmm. that's not a, that's not a avenue um, that I would never I would necessarily think would need to look at that. But you're right because mm-hmm. especially if they're nonprofit, they can't pay right, right to be on major channels. But if they did look at it as media yeah. as opposed to social media, there's a huge opportunity for sure. Huge opportunity and a huge opportunity for you again to manage your narrative. If you don't manage your narrative, someone else will. Amen to that. And why would you give that over to someone who doesn't have the vision? Mm. Who wasn't given this to birth and carry to the world? Why would you give that over to someone who is not in the trenches with your message? That's why I'm very particular about visibility is power, even more so because we've had a couple of instances where People have tried to jack the message. Like, goodness gracious. What? We've had a couple of instances where we had to call in attorneys and cease and desist and that kind of thing because people are passionate about it, but you're not passionate like me. See, I I love breaking labels. I, I think this is great, but I'm not the visionary of this. I am not the innovator of this. And what people have to understand is you can be passionate about visibility's power. You can be passionate about breaking labels, but you'll never, ever be as passionate as a visionary mm-hmm. because you're not the one who, see, visibility's power was birthed out of a gun to my head. See, unless you have willing to lay down your life for this message, you only could wear a shirt. See, I, this was birthed out of my own pain. Breaking labels, we love it, right? Want a t-shirt and a bumper sticker, but it was birthed out of your own pain, my friend. Mm-hmm. And so unless you went through the pain that I went through, no, just get a t-shirt or bumper <laughs> sticker or be a fan or share it. But you can never, ever break labels like I have. Oh, I love that. Because I'm the visionary of this. And I'm using both of our messages to make that point to the people who are listening is, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, be very careful how you share your brand with other people as well. I don't have the Roche Show Live t-shirts. I don't. Why? Because I'm the Roche Show Live. The only person who will have a Roche Show Live t-shirt is me. Is you. Me. You can get a Visibility's Power shirt, but mm-hmm. right now you will only be able to get it as a black shirt or a white shirt. But if you want the Visibility is Power shirt that's in purple and pink, I have that. Because it's my message to stand out with. Make sense? It does. 
But I'm so, also just loving that this is also an evolution in in like in in the flesh and blood, right? Because yes. you went from how do I own these labels? How do I own who I am? To you do not get to play with my message. That's you do it. not get to run with something that I have fought for. That's that's right. That's right. I have I, this as as a friend told me. She said, Rashonda, this is your life's work." And when she told me that, it clicked for me. And I said, you're right. This is my life's work. When I think about everything that I've encountered and everywhere I go, I always take this message with me. This goes with me. Think about it. Everywhere you go, you are breaking labels. Mm -hmm. Everywhere. Whether you're teaching, you know, talking to women, if you're speaking on a stage, if you're on a podcast, if you're writing a book, whatever you're doing, it always goes back to, I want to break this label. And that nobody else gets to play around with that. I just, okay. Another thing that you said that just hit, you know how earlier you said we take on these labels that don't fit. Yes. If you mm. were to create a shirt that said the Rose show live, you would be setting somebody up for failure because the label don't fit them. The label doesn't fit them. No. It, like it's not theirs to wear. It's not theirs to wear. This is mine. Oh. Yeah. I love that you said it like that because we've had people who've inboxed us and asked and my team and I've gone back and forth. We said, well, maybe we can do something like this and put the road show live. I just kept saying, I was like, mm, I'm not feeling it. I say, no. I mean, even my daughter the other day, she saw me pull out a t-shirt and went camping and it had the road show live on it. And she says, I didn't even know you had a shirt like that. She's like, I want one. And I was like, no, you get a visibility power shirt. <laughs> It's like, oh, mom, being a hater. I said, no, it's just, this is me. You are you. I said, mm -hmm. I'm not wearing a shirt. I said, like, you have a shirt that says your name on it. I'm not wearing your shirt. It's almost like this is my, my, my label. Mm -hmm. And I worked hard for this label. Yeah. And guess what? I like this label. This is the label mm -hmm. of life I like. <laughs> oh, that's such a beautiful place to be. It is. It Although is. I do feel like you should have a GIF, a Rosho Live GIF. Yes, I need like to create you one of those. Being you with the Rosho Live, like yes, yes, like okay, you can have my, you can have my GIF. Yes, you can have that. Extent of it, but it is me. It's still it, me. But it's, it is still me. Yes, yes. Oh, I, I do that. have one a friend created that was really funny. It was me recording a video, and my kids kept interrupting. And I kept the recording going. So you see me doing my thing. And then all of a sudden a kid comes in or knocks on the door and I'm like this. <laughs> and so people have been using it and it's, it's quite hilarious because he said, oh my gosh, this video is hilarious. And so he turned it into a gift and it was, it's quite funny. Because I feel like that's every mother, no? It's every mother. It's like every you're mother. in your flow. <laughs> and I was, and I just was like, gosh. And when I went like this. Oh. <laughs> I'm laughing because my I, I I really need my mom to listen to this because she's gonna be like, yeah, that was me my the entire time I was raising Rosanna. Like, yeah. oh, all right, yeah, yeah, oh. all the time, always in her business. I love it, mom. Love what are you it. doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the bathroom. That's what I'm doing. I I can't do anything for you in here. <laughs> One of my favorite things about my mom, because I didn't, I thought it was so mean when I was a kid. And now it's funny because I, as a grown woman, yes. I get it. She was a, a guidance secretary at a high school. Mm -hmm. And there were some days we would have a rule <laughs> where we would oh, come boy. home and she would say, mom's going to her room because she just needs quiet. Why? Because yes. you need to go to your, you need to go be by yourself because mom needs to just be by <laughs> herself. Sweet lady. <laughs> I just stay in my car. I don't even come in. I don't even try to explain. I just stay in the car. Yeah, that would have been a good idea. But I, I would have been knocking on the window. Mom, what are you doing? And yeah. it's like, can you imagine like in a high school, she was the front line for the entire guidance office for 1,200 teenagers. Mm -hmm. And then she comes home and she's like, I need you to just knock. Give me a break. Yes. yes. I understand. I'm glad we have these three kids who can, you know, play with each other and, and, and entertain each other because otherwise I'm just like, I don't have it. I'm like, go ask your sister to do that. Like, it's 
really? <laughs> well, and now you know I'm an only child. So if- <laughs> oh gosh, we need to find a neighbor's kid for you. Hey neighbor, can my kid come over and play? <laughs> it makes so much sense now. <laughs> now I'm curious, what are to kind of wrap up? What are the labels that you want now? The labels that I want now are the labels that I want now. That's a really good question. I would say the labels that I want now are courageous, Mm. strong, unwavering, Mm. powerful, peaceful, and rest. And when I say rest, I'm talking about specifically that I'm at rest and comfortable in the skin that I am in. This is me. I can't be anything else but this. (sighs) Loud, boisterous, loud laugh, um, funny, um, a stickler about getting things done well, not perfectly, but just doing it in excellence with integrity, mm. passionate, the girl who cries at Publix commercials. Yes. <laughs> I I wanna I just want to be at rest with all of who I continue to develop to be. That's the labels I want. Oof. Can I tell you, I have not asked anybody that question before, but it just That's popped out because it felt like a good one for you. It's a very good question in more ways than one you will ever know. So thank you for asking that question. Thank you. How good was that? I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Roshonda as much as I did. And I really hope that you follow her on Instagram. She has so many great tips and appropriately videos for you to check out. So that's one place that you can find her. And the other is to go to her website. You will see the link to that in the show notes because that's where all the information always is in the show notes, y'all. But please connect with her. And again, you know, we talked about it as far as the business owners that she works with. But do yourself a favor. If you just want help showing up for yourself, There is nothing, I didn't see anything on Rashonda's website that said she wouldn't help you with that alone. So I think it's amazingly applicable, regardless of whether or not you're showing up live for a business, a product-based business, coaching business, or you just want to be more confident. And also, I really highly recommend her book, Visibility is Power. I've started reading it, and I don't care if it's 60 pages, which personally, I agree with her. That's a great length. It is a great book, not a pamphlet, a book. It is a great book. So do yourself a favor and order that as well. If you enjoyed this episode, which I hope you did, then I hope you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And all that means is that each week when there's a new episode, you automatically have it ready for you in your podcast app, whatever that may be, whether it's iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Pandora, or Spotify. And I can't wait to see you next week. 